Do you know that your mindset is a habit? Your sense of personal power is a habit. The quality of your relationships is an outcome of your interpersonal habits. Your net worth is based on your money habits. Your business success is built on your entrepreneurial habits. Your ability to create everything you desire is directly related to your habits. So I'm glad you're here right now listening to the Max Potential Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Barrientes, the founder of NFA Coaching, and every week I'll bring you tips, tools, and inspirational interviews that will help you learn how to cultivate strategic habits that will set you up to be a NFA habits master so you can create the life and business of your dreams on your terms. Now let's get to it. Welcome back. Hello, everyone. Welcome back or welcome for the first time. Today, we have Scott Aaron, LinkedIn lead generation specialist, brand builder, number one best-selling author and speaker. People-focused and results-driven, Scott's strategic approach to teaching others how to create wealth online and organic traffic is the game changer when it comes to competing in a saturated digital world. I'm super excited to have Scott on today because we met through Instagram. As you know, most of my podcast guests come from Instagram and I see something that catches my eye and I'm like, oh yeah, I got to connect with this person. He has incredible quotes on Instagram and as I started to dig a little deeper, I found out that he's an awesome marketer and I haven't had anyone come on to talk to us about LinkedIn and lead generation and some of those tips and strategies. So you all know that I like to bring you people who have been successful in their fields and their specialties. I like inspirational stories and people who are gonna bring you a lot of value. So that's what you're gonna get today and we're gonna focus some on LinkedIn and we're gonna learn about Scott and you're just gonna get your general amazing awesome tips. So get ready and let's welcome Scott. Hey Scott. Dr. Amanda, thank you so much for having me today, and it's an honor and a privilege to be here. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to this. So I'm curious, tell us how you got into this world of marketing. I, it sounds like you had a good background story, and I want to hear kind of, you know, from the, the days of old, how you got into this entrepreneurial coaching world. Yeah, so, you know, I, um, I love doing interviews. I love getting interviewed. I love speaking, so that's, that's not an issue. And... I'm a big believer that you have to connect your story to the audience because people don't know me from anyone else. But my goal, whenever I get interviewed or whenever I get on a podcast, I want people to, to feel relatable to me because I'm a, I'm a person just like them. So it's really important to show vulnerability and, and, and show some things that you had to overcome. And I always uh, like to share the story of how I got to where I am today because the one thing that I do believe in it's something that Robin Sharma talks about. He talks about brain tattoos and he talks about moments or significant events in your life that happened for you, not to you, but for you that really springboard you. And it's the best example I can give is if you're listening to this and, and you're from the United States, or actually, you know, this could be something all over the world. When 9-11 happened, Everyone remembers where they were at that exact moment when they found out. That was one of those 
most recent impactful moments that was a brain tattoo and everyone remembers. And, and I relate that to individuals, whether it was a death in the family or a personal illness or some sort of tragedy. We all have these moments that shape the rest of our lives where I wouldn't be sitting here with you today if that event never happened. So you have to understand everything in life happens on purpose. There's a reason for it all. So for me, just to kind of speed up, um, my, my basic background is I, I grew up in a, in a traditional Jewish, Jewish household which means you have a very overbearing mother, which um, she, she still is, God bless her. Uh, I still have to text her my itinerary when I fly and I have to text her when I land. And, <laughs> and, and, I, and I just turned 40 and I'm a father myself. So that just goes to show. But what that, what that did was when I was younger, I, I had my parents to fall back on to fight a lot of my battles for me. So I was the person in the group of friends that was bullied and picked on. I was an easy target. I, people could walk all over me because they knew I wouldn't do anything. I never retaliated. I obviously grew out of all of that as time went on. But that, that stuff really shapes you in, in your later adulthood when you're getting that emotional maturity that you're seeking. And so my moment, um, I had a great life. I, I don't. I do not look back and, and wish anything to be different. My moment, my event, my brain tattoo happened when I was between 18 and 19. I am a fourth generation entrepreneur. My great grandfather uh, fled Eastern Europe in the early 1900s and came to South Philadelphia and became a butcher. My grandfather, who is still with us, he's 91 years old. He was a pharmacist and had his own pharmacy. And my father followed suit, had a pharmacy, had a lot of industrial entrepreneurial businesses. And then there's me doing the online business coaching. So my, my father was always, always looking to expand himself. And he had always owned his own business. And in between my senior year of high school and freshman year of college, I started at the University of Pittsburgh. My father uh, left the company that he was a partner with and actually became a general manager uh, managing someone else's company. And it was a physical rehabilitation company, much like NovaCare, if anyone's ever heard of that. It's, it's where people go to get physical rehab. So that was kind of odd because my dad had already, already always owned his own businesses, and, but you know, obviously we didn't think too much of it. And the summer after my freshman year, of college going into sophomore year, my family, we had a lot of family dinners. That was just part of our routine. And we were having a barbecue in the backyard. And my father said, Hey, listen, uh, we need to have a family talk. And that was not uncommon. We always had family talks and discussions. And my dad said, listen, there's uh, there's some things going on with the, the new business venture. I'm going to be leaving and I'm going to be uh, opening a, a fitness club, a gym in downtown Philadelphia. But there are some lingering issues from the last job and the federal government is involved. Now, that was really all that was said. I didn't really know too much past that. And 
my dad did mention that he was cooperating with the federal government to minimize whatever charges could be brought against him. And when sentencing day came about six months later, I, I kind of got the sense that things were not going to work out maybe how my father intended or maybe how I envisioned in my brain. Because when I, I looked to the right, where I was, I was sitting behind my father with my mom and my sister, and I looked to my right on the opposing side of the courtroom, and I had family sitting over there. Cousins, aunts, uncles, flesh and blood. And at that point, I knew something wasn't right. I knew people got really hurt in this business venture. And I guess what, what put the, the cherry on top was when the judge uh, turned to my father and said, do you have anything else you would like to say? And my father broke down crying and was apologizing and was begging for his freedom. So when all was said and done, my father was sentenced to 24 to 36 months in federal prison. And this 18 and a half, 19 years old, you really, you're not, you, you can't emotionally digest that. That it just, it was one of those things. It felt, it didn't feel real. But that was the moment. That was the moment that my life was never going to be the same. So my father had two options when he was sentenced that he could get taken by the guards and then transported to federal prison or my dad, or they said, listen, you can spend some extra time with your family over the next couple of weeks and they can drive you. And he obviously accepted the latter. And we were driving my father to prison and it's, everything was so stereotypical. The courtroom, prison, it was this long driveway hidden in trees and then all of a sudden it opens up and it's like the prison. And the guards were actually waiting there to escort my father in. And I'll never forget what my dad said to me. He pulls up and I was getting out to then drive my mom and my sister home who were puddles in the car. And he said, I love you. And he goes, now you're the man of the house. <laughs> and I will never, and I will like saying that to an 18 and a half year old. And I will like, yeah. I will never forget that because part of my adolescence was taken from me. I, I couldn't grieve. I couldn't really understand and absorb all that that was because I had to be strong for my mom and my sister. At the same time, I was also notified that I was now the president and CEO of a fitness club in downtown Philadelphia. So I had to leave wow. the University of Pittsburgh. I had to re-enroll at Temple University in downtown Philly. And, you know, people that see me now, I, I've been a bodybuilder, fitness competitor, all that stuff. I, that's not how I was back in the day. I was a fish head. I had a big Jufro and I had patchwork pants and Birkenstocks all year round and I literally <laughs> hemp everywhere. And this is who was going to be running the gym. So the hair came off and ended up falling out anyway. And I, I had to take ownership and responsibility for what was put in front of me. And I always tell people in life, you will always have hands dealt. Yeah. Some of them are going to be shitty. Some of them are going to be really good. And, and I've had some shitty hands dealt and I have not folded one yet. That doesn't mean I bluffed my hand. 
I always made my hand work for me to the best of my ability. So I dug into the gym, fell in love with fitness. And in the two and a half years that my father was away, the gym grew from 300 members to nearly 1,100. I got my personal training certification, my sports nutrition certification, my group fitness instruction certification, and I was doing it all, teaching classes, doing nutrition, training people, making money, growing this gym. Okay, I got to ask you, when, when you heard this news, and I mean, there, there, I have a million questions that I could ask, but I want to ask, I'm going to ask this one first. When you got this information and you're in school, first, what were you studying in school? Nothing. You were, you were, you was, had declared was, yet. Yeah, I was. Okay. Okay. So nothing business related or anything. Were you prepared at all to take the business over? Like, did you have any business skills or had your dad been grooming you or? Z zero. I, 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 okay. I, I raked traps at a golf course and stacked beer at a beer distributor. Wow. That's what, that, that's what, so literally. You I really grew up overnight and you just figured out how you just figured it out. Yeah, yeah. Like, so here's the thing. I could have crawled into a ball and cried in the corner. I don't know how to do this. I don't know. Or I just man up and just do it. I went for it. And I've always been a people person. So, and I've always been big, big in a human connection. I had a lot of friends. I'm very sociable. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. And, and I, rem like, I remember in the gym where the front desk was, there was like this two way mirror where you could look into the gym floor. And I remember seeing all these people working out. They're fit and they look happy. And I'm like, I want to start being like that. And I started working out and wow. you know, once you start, you fall in love with yeah. fitness. I mean, once you start eating healthy and, and all that, you just want to continue it. So, you know, the, the best education. So here's what I tell people. So, you know, I, I, I do, I do business coaching, brand coaching, all this stuff. People are like, you know, where'd you get your certification? Yeah. And I say, um, life. The school of life. <laughs> yeah. and, and people are like, what do you mean? Like, here's the thing. There, there, are, there, are, there are probably great coaches out there that went and got programs and certifications. But here's what I know for a fact. The one thing that certifies you to teach someone else how to improve and better themselves in an area of your life that you've been able to is experiencing that for yourself first. Yeah. So everything that I teach, everything that I do, everything that I am is based off of my own personal experience and success. And I want to give that to others. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I want to highlight as well. I mean, the, the mindset and the ability to be dealt that hand and then decide you, you, you basically took it on and said, okay, I'm going to man up and I'm going to decide and I'm going to take action. And here we go. And you jumped in, it sounds like full force. Yeah. And you know, one gym and my dad came back, we, and we opened up a second location because things were going so well. And then wow. 2000, 2003, we were actually unintentionally approached by another family that offered us a million dollars for both gyms. Wow. Was we, when you stepped into the gym, was it already running successfully? No, it was actually failing when my dad actually took it over and gave it to me. There was like, okay. wow. So you learned a lot. You've learned oh. a lot. And, and that was what year? Uh, 1998 into 1999. So okay, so you've had a lot. So you, and now since then, you've been in business, entrepreneurially, creating. I've never had a boss. I've always okay. had to recreate and figure something else out. All I know how to do is to create things that help people, and I get compensated for coming up with a solution to a problem. Yeah. 
Yeah, which is really what an entrepreneur is, right? Exactly. I mean, I don't know any other way. This is the only, like, when the mind of an entrepreneur, you don't want to get inside my head. My, my fiance, who's sitting on the other side of this wall, <laughs> she's, she's an entrepreneur as well. Like, it's just, you don't, like, I could only be with, with her. Like, you know, I, and I, I've been through some stuff. I, I'm, you know, I've been twice divorced. I, I have a beautiful six and a half year old little boy and I've been through the, the relationship side of things too. But all of those things prepped me and, and allowed me to, to get the emotional maturity to attract the right person into my life. And yeah. it, took, it took me 39 years to find her, but I, but I found her and she found me and, and here we are. Yeah. Wow. Wow. This is a great story. Okay. So Oh, I want to ask you so many things. First, I just have to say it's really interesting because I put in quotes and wrote down, now you're the man of the house. So I was telling you pre-show that I interviewed incarcerated men for my dissertation research when I was getting my PhD. And that was actually one of the headings of one of my, it was a big part of a chapter because that would, they would commonly say when their dads would go to prison, they, oh, wow. they would say like, now you're the man of the house. And that that heavy burden that they would bear and how they, you know, how, what that meant for them. So this was really interesting to hear you say that. Um, wow. The school of life, brain tattoos. This is awesome. Okay. Keep going. So tell us now, I know you've had since the gym. So you sold, you ended up selling the gym. So we, we sold the two gyms for a million dollars. So at, at 24, I became a millionaire and we kind of sat back and just trained and, and kind of did all that. And then, mm -hmm. In 2003, 2004, my father got the, the bug and the itch to open up another gym. So we went to a location outside of Philadelphia in East Falls, and we opened up our third and final location. But my parents' credit was shot to shit, and I was still the only one that could really afford to finance or do anything. So I basically just went along with the family you know, deal and everything that was going on and financing this and leasing that. And three years later, so around 2007, I found myself in $1.5 million of liability debt. And I mean, completely the opposite of where I was three years before that, that inevitably ended my first marriage. And, you know, my, my first ex-wife, uh, she just did not trust what I was doing for business, didn't trust my father. And, and I don't blame her. We were young and I, you know, I did a lot of soul searching and ended up getting remarried a second time. And we had a beautiful uh, little boy. He's now almost seven. But I, I realized in, in 2013, um, I said, it, it's, it's interesting, the path that you go on. I, I started doing something called network marketing, which some of your listeners might do or might have done. And I wasn't doing it for the sole purpose of what uh, firing my boss or replacing my income or what people say online. I actually was doing it as an escape because where my second marriage was going, we were just two opposite of people and I, I needed as distraction mm -hmm. and, and I put my time and energy and my effort into it. Uh, and you know, they call it a personal development journey with a compensation plan attached to it. And I mean, I went full force personal development. I was, I was journaling, I was meditating, I was reading books, I was listening to podcasts. And quickly I started to really just soak up as much as I could in. And before I knew it, two years later, I matched my income that I was making as a personal trainer. And a year later, in 2016, I had not only launched my coaching program, which we'll talk about, 
but I was able to fully replace and let go of my gym. But there's a but that personal development journey allowed me to step into my power and realize that my son was not going to see the best version of me if I stayed in that relationship because it wasn't working. And I did it for her. I did it for him. And things are good. We've both moved on. We have a respectful, mutual relationship, uh, co-parenting him. Um, and he's just an, like, he's, he's my best teacher. He teaches me so much, no fear and just, mm -hmm. you know, just pushing yourself to the limits. So I always thank him for that. Um, in 2016, actually almost three years ago, I was faced with one, one other big hurdle. So I, I had owned a property in South Philadelphia that I, I it was a house I previous lived in and I, I was selling it. So I was at closing and I was expecting about a $38,000 profit from obviously what I sold it for to what, you know, I had left on the mortgage. And I looked at the check and it was for $812. And I, I said to my agent. I said, why is this for $812? And he said, you didn't get the email. And I said, no, what? He said, your dad had used your house as collateral for the gym equipment. And in order to sell the house, the bank had to take the money. And that was kind of that was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. And I remember going back to the gym and I, I wasn't yelling or screaming, but if I didn't cut the cord with him, we were never going to have a father son relation. We were never meant to do business together. Obviously for certain circumstances we had to. And I sat him down in my office and I said, listen, I think it's time that we, we part ways. I think it's time that you uh, train at a different gym, if we have any way of repairing this relationship. And he didn't argue, he didn't say a word, he packed his bags and he left. And it's, it's great now, we, our relationship has never been better. Um, he actually said to me at brunch about a year ago, the best decision that I ever made for myself and him was kicking me out of the gym. Mm -hmm. Because he knows that things would have never changed. And, and I remember I was sitting in my office and my dad's gone and it's just me and I'm looking at the books and the gym is losing about $2,000 a month. And I called my attorney and I said, listen, I'm drowning here. I, I have this profitable network marketing business. I have a profitable coaching practice that I just launched and this gym is taking me down. And he said, well, listen, you have two options. Option A, you continue doing what you're doing and try to crawl out of this and, and maybe make it work. And he said, option B, you file for personal bankruptcy. Now, people always ask, you know, why personal bankruptcy? Why not business bankruptcy? Well, here's the curveball. I realized at that time when I had my dad leave the gym that I was the personal guarantor of the lease for the gym. And for people in business that don't know what that means is that if something happens to the business, if the lease gets broken or the business goes under, the personal guarantor is personally responsible for taking over what is left of that lease, which at that time was $475,000. 
So my lawyer said, listen, to get out of this, to really restart your life, to get a fresh start, to really move forward, I'm going to recommend you file for bankruptcy. So on July 1st of 2016, almost three years ago to the day that we're recording this, I filed for bankruptcy. And people say, were you upset? Were you, were you sad? No. It was the most freeing decision I have ever made in my entire life because for the first time at that point, almost 18 years, my, my dad's dream was finally removed off of my shoulders and I was actually able to breathe and move forward. And on July 31st, I officially closed the doors to the gym. August 1st, it was just me. And it, wow. it, was, at, it was at that point. So, you know, I, I, I've been on the earth for 40 years, but I, I really believe that my life began officially with meaning <laughs> and purpose on August 1st of 2016. Wow. You know, I love this because, and, and thank you so much for being so open and honest with, about all of your ups and downs and twists and turns. I think, you know, it, it's so important to share our stories with people because I think sometimes there's this misconception, especially if you go to people's social media feeds and that's the way you get to know them and you see all this great success and it's, and, and I know for you on your podcast that you're open with people about your story. And I, I, I think I'm really magnetic to people coming on my show that are similar. And, and it, because to me, it's so valuable for other people to hear because we've all had these big twists and turns in life. And sometimes it produces shame and fear and doubt and uncertainty. And when you know that other people who are successful have had that history, it allows you to be open. It allows you to grow and it allows you to learn and connect on that level. And I think it's so powerful. And, you know, one thing I want to highlight also is, you know, for everyone listening is thinking about the cycle of relationship habits and how, you know, you were in a cycle with your dad and you were the one to make a decision to change it. And that gave you the freedom to become who you are today. Mm. And that's really powerful because I'm sure that a lot of people listening have contentious relationships with their family, yeah. probably have resentment in certain areas. And I think it's, it's powerful to decide to set boundaries and, and it sounds like you had that moment where you knew, if I continue on with my dad in this way, in this habituated pattern, my life is going to be taken down in a way that I don't want it to be. And so you set the boundary and you took a turn and now, you, now you're successful in a new way and you still get to have a relationship with your dad. And he also recognizes that it was for the benefit of both of you. And that's, you know, it, that's pretty powerful. Well, it's one of those things where I realize that there's so many people that go through life and they feel like they're all alone. They feel like yeah. they're the... They're the only people that have right. been twice divorced. They're the only people that have filed for bankruptcy. They're the only people who have been personally incarcerated or have a family member. Like everyone yeah. feels like they're alone. So I share all of my ups and downs because I don't even see them as downs. They, yeah, you know, in order to learn how to succeed, you got to fail a couple times. Like oh, you're, yeah. you're, you're not going to succeed every single time you, you, you fail. You learn how to succeed, you get back up. And it's, it's, it's the quote by Les Brown, you know, you may get knocked down, but if you can look up, you can get up. And that's the thing. I've been knocked down a lot, but you know, it's so funny. I've always, I, I've always done things with grace and I've always done things with a smile on my face, no matter how bad my life was. 
I always found the silver lining. I always, fa- I, I always found some little way to put a smile on my face because it just felt better to be happy, even on the inside, even if I was faking it just a little bit, it still made me feel good. And, and that's why I got so lost in my personal training. That's why I spent so much time at the gym because it was a lot of the things that I did were escapes. Mm-hmm. I was running away from things because running away from those things may have not been the best decision, but it allowed me to have that space and that time to figure my stuff out mm-hmm. where now yeah. I'm not, af- now I'm not afraid to take things head on, like bring it on because I know that I'm going to have to face something in order to overcome it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I want to highlight too? And I don't know what you think about this, but sometimes I think when we take everything with a smile on our face, there's an underlying lack of facing it in a way of like you're saying now, like taking it head on and, and going, okay, now I have, I have this perspective where I can see the ups and downs and look at the way that it shaped me perfectly for who I am today. Mm. And because yeah, that's, that's a lot of hard stuff to face as, I mean, you were, what, you were 18, 19 years old. That's young to take over a business, drop out of school or shift schools and take care of your family and have that responsibility. And then, you know, it, to have a dad who's incarcerated and then that's, you know, that's a lot of stuff. And all of us listening, I am sure if we, you know, I'm sitting here, whenever I do podcasts, I write notes as people are talking, kind of like a timeline. And I write little things you're saying that, that I want to highlight or share or focus on. And, and I go, okay, if everyone here was listening and they tracked through the decades of their life, they would have a similar story. They would have a similar story of challenge and overcoming and challenge and overcoming. Maybe the events would be differently, like the brain tattoos would be different, Mm -hmm. but we all have these challenges and it's what you do with it that matters. So I love what you've done with it. So so let's turn a little bit to your current business. Sure what you're doing now to help people. So it sounds like LinkedIn's your big, your big, your biggest platform now. It, it is, you know, it came out of necessity. So as I was building my network marketing business, I, because of the 60,000 plus hours of, of one-on-one personal training and, and the human connection that I, I really, really thrived on in a, in a world of posting and praying and scrolling and trolling on Facebook and Instagram, I started to get disheartened. I, I was feeling extremely disconnected from the world. I found myself just kind of staring at my phone and, you know, texting and messaging. And there was no, there was no contact. I, I, I wasn't hearing people's voices. I wanted to form relationships and bonds with people. So out of sheer necessity in 2016, um, end of 2015, early 2016, I jumped on the LinkedIn. And you know, for people that don't know, it's actually the oldest social media platform. It came up in 1999, 2000. Mm-hmm. You know, five or six years before Facebook and way before Instagram. And it was used back in the day more for recruiting and, and getting a job and a resume, that kind of thing. But it's really transformed over the last 20 years. And the the, the big thing is this: um, when I got on there. I, I had a profile, didn't know how to use it, but I used it to the best of my own ability. So I, I changed some things on my profile to make it more attractive where I was more relatable. I started messaging people in a genuine and authentic and non-spammy way. I started connecting with people that were just like me. 
uh, other personal trainers, other gym owners, other nutritionists, and people started accepting my connections. They started responding to my messages, and I started closing people into my business. And I was like, holy shit, this thing works. So I, I called my buddy, Joe Alonzo, who was also a professional network marketer, and I said, Joey, listen, you got to go on LinkedIn, and I want you to do A, B, and C. A, I want you to change your profile and do this. B, I want you to start connecting with other people in outside sales like you. And C, I want you to start messaging this way. Hey, great to connect with you. I see that we do something similar anytime for a call later this week. And I, I just want you to do that. A week later, he shoots me a text message and he goes, dude, call me. So I called him and I said, Joey, what's up? He goes, listen, just want to let you know whatever you're doing, he goes, it really works. I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, I did A, B, and C, fixed my profile, connected with other people in sales, and sent them some messages. He goes, Scott, I got 14 calls this week booked. He goes, so I don't know what, you, what you're doing or what you're onto, but you should put some structure around this, like do some videos, maybe even coach people. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, you have something here. So I ended up going on my, my first business coach is, was a mindset coach. He still is. He's phenomenal. His name's Jeffrey Combs. And he had me on his podcast and he just started grilling me about LinkedIn. And I was throwing all these stats because when I fall in love with something, I like, I read blogs and I go on, I, I just search yeah. as much as I can because I want to know as much as I can. And I started dropping all these nuggets and how it's great for network marketing, how it's great for building brands and online businesses and blah, blah, blah. And after I got off the podcast, uh, which was a live call, I went on the Facebook and I had like nine inboxes on Facebook. Can you help me? Can you help me? Can you teach me? I didn't have a website. I didn't have a way to take <laughs> payment. I didn't even know what I was going to be charging for this thing. But I had to create on demand. So awesome. yeah. I, I made up a price and I told them what I can do. And I basically started teaching people to the best of my ability. And that in February of 2016 was the beginning of my LinkedIn coaching practice. <laughs> That's great. Okay. So tell listeners top three LinkedIn tips. Well, there's three things that you need to know. So if you're in network marketing, if you're an online marketer, if you're a business coach, whatever it is, there's three things that you need to know. Number one, you need to know your age demographic, your average yearly income, and the size of the organic, keyword is organic, now, I'm not talking about fans or paying for you know friends or whatever, uh, organic connections. Now, Facebook and Instagram are exactly the same because they're owned by the same person. So the average age of someone on Facebook and Instagram is 18 to 29 years old with a yearly income of $30,000 a year or less. Hmm. And you're only allowed 5,000 connections on Facebook. So interestingly enough, I was at a personal development event in California about four and a half years ago, and it was about leadership and connecting and conversations. Mm -hmm. So the head trainer of the event called up some of the top builders, the top marketers in the room on stage. And there was a whiteboard behind him and he had this pen. And he said, here, take this pen and I want you to go to this board and I want you to write down how many conversations it's taken you to get to where you are right now. 
And he did this with about five or six people. And I'm looking at the board. The smallest number I saw was 7,000 conversations. And I said to myself, shit, if, if, if I'm using Facebook and I'm only allowed 5,000 quote unquote friends, I'm not going to be able to build this business. And then I looked at LinkedIn. Average age, 35 to 55. Average income, $100,000 a year or more. And you're allowed 30,000 organic connections. I grew my network from 500 to 26,400 in three years. Wow. But it, it, okay, explain to me, because I don't even know what that means, that you can only have 5,000 friends on Facebook. On Facebook. Yeah, so on your, on your personal page, you're only allowed 5,000 friends. On your personal page. Okay, and so then, on, fan, like on business pages, you can have an unlimited number of followers. Yeah, we're not, because business pages, so there's a whole other okay. thing behind that. You're talking about, or you're talking about or, Organic. Okay. Organic connections, because those are going to be your best relationships. Okay. Um, Facebook makes, so Facebook, Facebook makes, earns, profits, puts in their pocket, 2.3 billion with a B dollars per year from people running promotions and boosting posts on their business pages. Mm -hmm. It is a money. No, no. And you don't no. teach your clients to. Nope. So you teach everyone to generate leads through organic. You should connection. not have to pay to learn how to communicate with human beings. Okay. This is awesome. I want to dig deeper. Okay. So, so on LinkedIn, you said it's 35 to 55, hundred K plus and 30,000 organic connections. Yep. And so here's the other you, thing. Let's say you want to find a new connection okay. and you're looking to grow. You want to find, let's say you want to find a client and you're doing lead generation. Yep. Walk us through a process. So there's a, there's a four step process and, and everything needs to speak to, to each other. So number one, you need to make sure that your profile is optimized. And the beautiful thing about this, and I'm glad you brought this up is that when Microsoft and a lot of people don't know this, Microsoft bought LinkedIn out three years ago. Okay. Microsoft recently just became the third company in history to hit the $1 trillion valuation mark. So you have a monster running this platform. So they're a technology company and they're a cybersecurity company. So I know you know, and I know I know, Facebook and Instagram got shut down three times in the last seven months. They had quote unquote blackouts. Mm -hmm. That will happen again, and it's never going to happen on LinkedIn, knock on wood, because you have a, a cybersecurity company that's running the show. Mm -hmm. So when Microsoft bought them out, they took the same SEO, search engine optimization technology of Bing, Yahoo, and Google, and embedded it onto your profile on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So if your profile is filled out completely, and just to, just to plug, um, if you go to my website, www.scotterron.net, I have something called the free infographic. It's a free download. It shows you exactly how to optimize your profile. So when you can optimize your profile the right way, having the right keywords about what you do for business, you will start to appear in more searches, which means you're more visible, more connectable, and you'll have more people reaching out to you. That's step one. Yeah, that's, I have to share with everyone, that's really powerful because, you know, of course you're always told Google your own name. And I remember when I did that, it's like, oh, my business name came up under LinkedIn. That's just so cool. You know? That's what LinkedIn's for. It's a yeah. business platform. So number yeah. two is also searching and connecting. You are not looking to connect with anyone. You are looking to connect with the mirror image of your business avatar. 
Mm -hmm. So if you are a business coach and you're an executive coach, I'm going to use my, my client Jackie service as an example. She's, she's an ex HR in corporate and she's an executive coach now teaching HR people how to better organize their life, but also start an entrepreneurial business if they want to. So her target market is other people in human resources. So what does she do? A couple times a week, she will go on to LinkedIn and there's a little search bar and she types in human resources and then searches. She then sends out some to connections of people that have the same business background as her because they are going to be the ones that most likely will accept because they're going to see that her profile looks just like theirs. So when someone accepts, that leads you to step three, which is messaging people. Now, for anyone that's listening to this or has ever spent any time on LinkedIn, they've probably received those ridiculous drunkalog messages that are seven paragraphs long. <laughs> Check this video out. Schedule a call with me here. I do this. I can show you how to make $5,000 an hour. Just let's talk. No. So here's the simple three-step process to messaging someone on LinkedIn. Step one, state their name. Hey, Amanda, great to be connected to you. Step two, tell them why you're reaching out without selling or telling. I see that you also have a fitness background just like me. Would love to hear more about how you got started in it. Step three, call to action. Ask them when a good time to talk would be. Do you have any time this week or next week to talk about a little bit more in depth about what we're doing to see if we can help others or network together? State their name, reason for reaching out, call to action. Questions always lead to answers. You have to A-S-K to G-E-T. Ask mm -hmm. to get. Mm -hmm. If you make statements, they lead to nothing. Now, the fourth and most magical process is social media content. Right now, Gary Vaynerchuk, who I'm sure you're familiar with, yeah. uh, on the Gary V Experiment podcast about five weeks ago, he said that 2019 is the year of LinkedIn. He said, if you're going to get on there and have a footprint, you get on there now. Engagement-wise, it's where Facebook was five to seven years ago. He has shifted his entire brand onto LinkedIn. His entire brand. There's only 600 million people on there, which means it's five times less than Facebook. Facebook has 3.2 billion. So everyone is fishing in an overcrowded red ocean right now when they could be fishing in a crystal clear blue sea on LinkedIn. <laughs> but the fourth and final aspect is social media content. So now you have this great profile, you're searching and connecting for the right people and you're messaging the right people. Now you have to talk to them through social media. So you need to put out one piece of social media content on LinkedIn a day. I don't care if it's a post, if it's an article, if it's a video or a discussion in a group. You need to put content out there for the sole purpose of speaking to your network. So if you are growing a network full of HR representatives, your content should be derived towards speaking to the HR individual because guess what? That's going to resonate with them, which means they're going to engage and they're going to resonate with you and then want to talk to you. So always provide thought-provoking, positive, thought leadership content with a call to action in your posts. 
Let me know your thoughts. What did you think about this? What advice would you give? Engage with your audience. The idea of LinkedIn is to do the only thing that every person is seeking and that is human connection. You can't do this on Facebook and you can't do this on Instagram. Right now, LinkedIn is the number one social media platform where you can use social media in a positive way where you're not scrolling and trolling, you're not literally posting and praying, where you're actually creating human connection and relationship with people that care about you and you care about them. Wow, this is packed. Okay, I, I, I hope that everyone had their pen and paper out and are taking notes because this is awesome. If you are a person who's looking to move to LinkedIn, you're on LinkedIn, those are incredible tips. And they're really simple, but I think they're ones that people overlook. And that I am certain you said, how many people are you connected to on LinkedIn, you said? Almost 27,000 now. So what happens when you get to 30? So you can actually do one of two things. You can let the follow feature kick in, or you can actually put a uh, request in uh, to the help desk to ask, would it be okay if I actually went over my 30,000 limit, which in some cases they will allow you to connect with more. Wow, that's fascinating. Okay, and you've built your whole business around this four-step strategy, or I guess it's a three-step strategy. There's, there's two things that I live by, simplification and ease, and that's what I do with this. Yeah, and so your whole business is online coaching, LinkedIn, on Absolutely. LinkedIn clients. Absolutely, yep. Okay, this has been incredible, packed with value. Tell us your top three max potential habits that so got you one, where you are today. Number one, uh, consistency. Mm -hmm. um, you know, without consistency, you cannot create uh, and have the compound effect take place. Um, number two, falling in love with the word no. Um, there's a great <laughs> book. There's a, there's a great book that I read called Go for No by Andrea Waltz and Richard Fenton called Go for No. And it says, yes is the destination and no is how you get there. So when, when I realized that the person that gets the most no's is also going to get the most yeses because they're going to talk to the most people, they're always going to win. So that's what I live by. Number three and most powerful, um, someone actually asked me this the other day, how would you describe yourself in one word? Resilient. Hmm. No matter what is thrown at me, I will find a way to overcome. Awesome. And that to me, that's a mindset habit, right? It is. Oh, this has been awesome, Scott. Thank you. Packed with tons of value. I mean, I'm really excited about it. Just even myself learning because I am, you know, when I started my business, I kind of was like, oh, I'll get on every social media channel and I've been yeah. fine tuning and learning. And I've really lately been into LinkedIn and I'm like, LinkedIn is awesome. I love the connections I'm making there and just the different types of content that you can put out there because you can't put art easily put articles on Instagram you know, and I haven't ever, I have Facebook and I post there, but I'm not super active because I just haven't been drawn to that platform as much. Yeah. And I love LinkedIn. So this has been incredible. And, and a surprise, I wasn't expecting you to go so deep and give us so much content and value. I, I mean, I didn't know. <laughs> so thank you. You're welcome. Um, I'm certain people are going to want to connect with you. So what is the best way? I'm sure. And I will post all of this in the show notes as well. So you said your website is Scott Aaron and that's S C O T T A A R O N.net. Yep. And you can, you can download the free infographic. You can get my book, the LinkedIn book for network marketing. Um, or you can also, also schedule a free 15 minute coaching session with me to learn more. Uh, on Instagram, it's at Scott Aaron LinkedIn. Facebook is Scott Aaron. LinkedIn is Scott Aaron. Everywhere is Scott Aaron. 
Okay. Okay. Awesome. And those will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here. You're so welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Amanda. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you're liking this podcast, help spread the word by subscribing, sharing, leaving a rating and a review. To connect, go to nfacoaching.com where you can join the Max Potential Habits community and get access to all of my free and paid resources. There's daily inspiration on Instagram, IGTV videos, access to the Max Potential Habits LinkedIn group, and links for working with me in the live weekly Max Potential Habits online group training, the NFA Money Magnet Habits online course, and if you're really serious about taking it to the next level, you can also schedule a Max Potential coaching consult. Until next time, I hope you have a NFA day where you thrive and feel alive.